0: New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening to Pixels and Flash, an Anderson Dexter novel. Written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 27 Dex linked directly into the backstage area of the sidetrack, the bar where he and the rest of Chemical Celeste would be playing their first show in over a year. His avatar was dapper as always in his tailored pinstripe suit, but back in the closet office in Nice he was awash in nervous sweat. He was always a little nervous before he began to play for an audience, but this was worse than usual. Their rehearsals had been rocky to start, but he was sure they'd gotten their vibe back over the last few weeks. But it was one thing to play alone in a cheap rented shared space, and another entirely to play to a bar full of paying punters. The keyboardist and bandleader, Javier, had been at this longer than any of the rest of them. He had been playing in bands long before he formed Chemical Celeste, and he gave them all a quick pep talk. It's always tough to get back into it after a break, he said, but we're tight. We've been sounding great the last few rehearsals, so I know that we just have to let it flow. Besides, one of the great things about playing in here is that you can turn off whatever you want. You know that the audience response really takes the music to the next level, but if at first they're freaking you out, just make them disappear. Don't want to hear the applause? Turn it off. You could even do it all by ear if you wanted to, he paused, but you might miss a cue, On second thought, maybe don't turn off everything. The rest of them laughed nervously, but Javier's calming voice had been enough to remind them of how much fun it could be to play for an audience. Dex remembered that he had more experience at this than any of the others except for Javier. He took a breath and picked up his cheap mandolin and niece. He plucked a couple of strings, hearing the sound both in the confines of the small office and in his implants through the M-City interface. It was weird, but he was used to it by now. On the other side of the stage door, the MC was finishing her warm up set. Let's go put on a show, Javier said, grinning at the rest of the band. He got a set of nervous grins in response. Then they linked onto the stage in their arranged places Arvind on the drums in the rear, Susie, Dex, Candace, and Javier forming a line in front. Arvind called out a one, two, one, two, three, four, and Susie blew the opening strains of their first number on her trumpet. They started with a slow song they'd been playing since they first started playing together, a song they all knew forwards and backwards. From the first note, Dex felt like he'd fallen into a well-worn pattern, his fingers finding their places without thought. As they made their way through the set, the songs got more complex, but they each rose to the occasion. All the practice paid off, along with the years they'd played together previously. By the time they were on to their last song, it was almost as if they'd never quit. They ended on a crescendo of sound, Dex playing sixteenths, Susie's trumpet sustaining a high note, Heavier noodling extemporaneously on the keys, Arvin going to town on the drums while Candace mixed it all with loops and distortion into something magic. When Javier nodded for the final note, Dex felt a flush of joy flow through his body. The audience, which he'd left on for both sound and vision, broke into applause which crashed over him like a wave there really was nothing quite like playing live, even if it was technically a simulation. He and the rest of the band shared a drink at the bar after, laughing and deconstructing their performance. A few audience members stopped by to chat and a couple of additional rounds were somehow acquired. After nearly an hour, though, the crowd thinned out and Dex saw a table full of familiar faces. You were great, honey, Annabelle said, standing to give him a kiss. Just like old times. Dex turned at the sound of a familiar voice to see the avatar of his old friend and musical partner, Max. "'I'm a little jealous over here,' he grinned and gave Dex a hug. "Nothing stopping you,' Dex said. "'There's always room for more tunes.' Max nodded and lifted his glass in a toast. "'Good to see you playing again, Dex.' "'Thanks, Captain.' Zahara Jang had been a regular at Chemical Celeste's gigs in the past, so Dex wasn't terribly surprised to see her." That was nowhere near as painful as I'd feared it might be. René? Biagini had always avoided Dex's gigs before, whether in the physical world or the virtual. It was, as he'd explained before, not his scene. But Dex guessed his friend realized how much this night meant to him. You are a man of many talents. René's eerily generic avatar smiled, and Dex tried but failed to see in an, at- an echo of his friend. The voice was right, though. "'and the warmth in it was as genuine as anything. "'It makes me wish to speculate on what other skills you were keeping under wraps.' "'Wouldn't you like to know?' Annabelle said, looping her arm through Dex's. "'Captain Jang pretended to not have heard the exchange, but everyone else laughed. "'Oh, it's been a long time,' Dex said, sighing. "'Too long,' Max said, and waved over a bot waiter for another round of drinks.' Most bars and public spaces in M-City never closed. Between global time zones and 24-hour shift work, it's always beer o'clock for someone. But the crowd at the sidetrack had thinned out considerably. Max had begged off, after extracting a promise from Dex to do a better job of keeping in touch. Rene had another engagement lined up and made his excuses, leaving Annabelle, Dex, and Captain Jang on their own. They stayed at the bar, but switched to a private encrypted voice channel it probably wasn't necessary, but it was habit by now. Dix gave Zhang a brief rundown on the conversation he'd had with Cora at the warehouse. If have re-examined the history of your inherited disk block, he said, and while I have no way to prove that it went down like this, I'm reasonably convinced that Arena Nightingale probably spent a few years very carefully acquiring a bunch of disk blocks from Oyuba. From what I can tell, it was all done on the up and up, but resulted in her personally controlling a small firm's worth of res space. That's some impressive skimming work, Zhang said. Is it really skimming if you actually pay for it? Annabelle asked. Zhang shrugged. I guess not, but I'm assuming that we're talking about cents on the euro here, right? I mean, what would be the point if you're paying market rate? None, Dex said, but the impression I get from my source is that this is typical. You know what they say, only suckers pay retail. Annabelle made a face. Yes, suckers, which is pretty much everyone who doesn't have some kind of inside connection. Maybe that's part of what Nightingale was trying to do, Zhang said. Open up those inside connections. I guess you could say that that's what we're all trying to do, Dex said. The system is rigged, designed to benefit the people and companies that already have power, influence, and money. It's a feed-forward system. The poor stay poor, and the rich get rich. It's no secret. Everybody knows that's the way it is. The problem is that so many people have bought into the lie that if they play the game and follow the rules, they might get to be the one in a million who makes the jump. Looks like Nightingale did, Zhang said. Maybe, Dex said. Who knows how she started out though? She had to have been somewhat higher on the pecking order to do what she did. And at least she decided in the end to change the rules, Annabel said like we all did in here, when we took the power away from the companies who were trying to control M-City. They thought they could take their pay-to-play model and bring it online, where we'd always been able to freely share information. Did they really think that people wouldn't fight back? I guess they figured that we'd all be used to it by now, Zhang said. Like we are out there, Dex said. The three of them sat in silence for a moment, lost in their individual thoughts. It's not going to be as easy to get people to fight in the physical world as it was in here, Annabelle said. So many of us gave up on that space a long time ago. That's why we fought back in here. This was our place. Somewhere you could be the person who wasn't allowed to exist out there. Even a person who would never disobey an order or even push back against their boss would be willing to fight for that. But out there, she got a faraway look in her eyes. To so many people, out there is a lost cause. It's a necessary evil. The job, the food, the body. Zhang nodded. It's hard to fight for something you don't feel belongs to you. Well then, maybe that's the key, Dex said. To try and get people to remember that it all belongs to them. The virtual and the physical both. That's going to be tough, Annabelle said. People are afraid out there. Afraid of losing a job and with it access to everything they need to survive. Afraid of being harassed or worse if they are on the street or working on their own. You can believe in the need for change with every cycle of your system, but if it comes between living your beliefs and keeping a job you need, most people will opt for the status quo every time. That's the problem, Zhang said. The people are afraid, but that's not how it should be. The firms, their shareholders, they don't really have the power. Sure, they can make or break an individual employee, but without all those employees, all those consumers, they don't have anything. Without us, they have no market. We have the power, but we only have it together. Dex wasn't sure if this thought made him feel hopeful or despondent. How can we possibly get people to stop being afraid? That's been the question for all of human history, hasn't it? Zhang said. It's how every conqueror has triumphed, how every dictator keeps their throne. I guess all we can do is show that there's another way, Deck said. To walk unafraid, to work for a fairer system even when it's inconvenient. To try and be who we really are in both this world of light and out there in the sun. They clicked their glasses in a toast, a sense of purpose settling over the conversation. Dex knew that his little speech sounded good, might even win over one or two people, but he also knew that it was so much easier to say than it was to do. To just stop being afraid. If it were only that simple, they'd all have done it long ago. Because they were all afraid. Himself, Annabelle, even Captain Zhang. They all just pressed that feeling down or pushed through it, to do what they had to in spite of it. Maybe that was the real secret. Being afraid, but acting anyway. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh, by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson-Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.